Hallelujah. When we call upon him, he answers us and shows us great and mighty things. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but, but I like the sound of that. How about you? To see great and mighty things. To see great and mighty things that you know not of. I, I like the amplified. It says fenced in things. Fenced in things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You have... Let me ask you a question. Have you seen God move in your life? Well, let me tell you something. You haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen anything yet. I refuse to put a cap on what I've seen. Because when you get to a place where you're looking at the eye with the eye of faith, stepping and saying, God, I've experienced you, but I know there's more. I know there's more. I know there's greater. This is the year of the maximum. I'm telling you, we're, we're going to another level. Are you ready to go to another level? So what is Revival. I want to make this statement because this is what my assignment is for the few minutes that, that I'm going to share with you before we get into worship. Is revival is revival because he's there. Revival is revival because he is there. Revival is revival because he is here. His desire is to always be here. And it's an interesting thing is wherever you are, that's where here is. Deep, wasn't it? Wherever you are, that's where here is. I don't want to see him move over there. I want to see him move where I am. I want to see him move here. What makes revival revival is because he is there in a place, not there somewhere else. His desire has always been to be wherever his creation is. Wherever his creation is, that's where he wants, that's where there is. Mm. I want to be there. I want to be where he is. And there is here. His desire is always to be with his people. You look at the very beginning in the garden. His, and we have this understanding that God came down to talk with them in the garden and walk with them in the cool of the day. Why? Because he wanted to be there. He's in heaven and he desires to be there with his creation. If, if, if we look throughout Genesis and, and, and we look at, we, we, we can look at, uh, we see the nature and character of God. And you understand God doesn't change. He doesn't lie. What his purpose was in the beginning is his purpose right now. His desire is to be with his creation. 
We can, we can see that with Enoch. What, what, what do we see? He walked with God and was not because God took him. We look at, we look at a, a great grandson. After that, we see Noah. And Noah had this testimony. We see this in Genesis chapter, chapter 6. He had this testimony that he walked with God. That was his testimony. What is your testimony? So we have Enoch walk with God. We have Noah walk with God. Then we get into Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and you look at, look at uh, Genesis chapter 17. And Genesis chapter 17, he tells Abraham, he cuts a covenant with him. And he says, what? Walk before me and be thou perfect. Walk before me. That means follow right behind me. That means they must be walking pretty close to each other. If we go to, we continue to look at the life of Abraham in Genesis chapter 24, when his servant goes to get, get a, a wife for his son, for his son Isaac, he, uh, the, the servant goes to the, 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 the man that he's, he's, uh, encountering about a, 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 a spouse for his, his, um, master's son. He says, he, he says this, he goes, on whom Abraham has prospered my way and whom he has walked. His entire life. If you go in from Genesis 24 to Genesis 28, you have you have uh, uh, Joseph is speaking. He says, "Of whom my Abraham, who Abraham walked, and my father, my father Isaac and Jacob have walked." See, there is this aspect that God wants to walk with His creation and be with His creation. You get into the book of Exodus and in the book of Exodus in, in chapter three, there was this there was this thing that was going on. And it said that the children of Israel cried by reason of their bondage. And what did God say in Exodus chapter three? He goes, I will what come down and I will deliver them. Why? He wants to be with them. Amen. Moses to take them out into the wilderness so they could worship him. We look at, we can even go in and look at the life of Moses. And, and what about the life of Moses? It said that he had a face-to-face relationship with God. What about Joshua? Joshua 1.5. He goes, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel 47. And this is a scripture I closed with last week. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm. Say, I thank you, Lord, that you're here. Why do we worship? He inhabits the praises of his people. Ezekiel 47 verse 32. He says along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month. Why? Because their water, because of their water flows from the sanctuary and their fruit 
will be for food and their leaves for medicine. There's a river that comes from the sanctuary. Let's go to uh, hold your place in Ezekiel and let's go to Psalms chapter 46. Psalms 46. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Psalms 46. Mm. Verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. But he's a present help. He's a present help. (laughs) As Vic would say, my helper's helping me. (laughs) A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea... Though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. So even though all those things are happening, even though you got the swelling, even though you've got all these things where the mountains being carried in the midst of the sea, even though you have all that, it says there is a river whose streams, whose streams shall make glad the city of God. Then it says the holy place of the tabernacle of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at, just at the break of dawn. Woo. There's a river. So there's this river that comes out of the, of, 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 of the sanctuary. And here we says there's a river whose stream shall make glad the city of our God. Hallelujah. Meaning, meaning that there should be something that changes about your attitude when you're in his presence. There should be something about that, something about uh, your, uh, what's going on on the inside of you should change. Why? Because you're in his presence. You're in the river and you're in the streams. And what does it say about that? It says God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Say, I won't be moved because I'm staying in the river. God shall help her. Just at the break of dawn, meaning just at the right time, just in the nick of time, just at the right moment, God's going to come through. The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. Now listen, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars ceased. To the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to Ezekiel. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm, the sanctuary. Let's go to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. Mm, verse 24. David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd. 
Now, this is prophetically. David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments. See, you have, we have one shepherd. You have one God. There's only one good shepherd, and his name is Jesus. We have one shepherd. There's only one God. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Then they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob, my servant, where your fathers dwelt, and they shall dwell there, they, their children, and their children's children forever. Now listen to this. My servant David shall be their prince forever. Now this isn't talking about David that fought Goliath. But it's talking about who would come from David. My servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, meaning in addition to what I've already said, I will make a covenant of peace with them and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and I will multiply them. Do you like the sound of that? See, this is all talking about Jesus coming. This is all talking about Jesus being the prince forever and talking about that what would happen is in this covenant that Jesus would provide. It would be a covenant of peace and it would be an everlasting covenant. I'm, I'm so glad that I have a covenant that's not going to end. You have a covenant that not, is not going to end. We have promises that aren't going to fail. And I will establish them and I'll multiply them. You see, he's going to establish us and he's going to multiply us. That's why we're called to witness. That's why we're called to reach the masses. That's why you're called to evangelize. Why? Because we're to multiply. But listen to this. Then he goes, and so he's not done talking. He says, and I will set my sanctuary in their midst. I will set my sanctuary in. In their midst. A lot, oftentimes we think about his sanctuary and we talk about coming into his sanctuary. But what he says, I'm going to, I'm going to take my sanctuary and I'm going to put it in their midst. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came. So he could, he could bring man back together in that rightful relationship. This word sanctuary means holy place. Holy place. He said, I'm going to place, I'm going to, says, and I will set, meaning I'm going to establish my holy place in their midst. What is this? Forevermore. Meaning this isn't going to end. This isn't going to stop. Then he says, my tabernacle. See, when I, when I read this, I, I thought, well, sanctuary and tabernacle, aren't they the same place? Same thing? Aren't they the same place? And the Holy Spirit says, no. He says, I'm going to set, establish my holy place in their midst. Verse 27, my tabernacle also shall be with them. The tab- word tabernacle means a dwelling place or a habitation. So I'm going to set them in a holy place. I'm going to set my holy place in the midst of them. 
and my dwelling place will be with them. He wants to dwell with us, church family. He wants to dwell with you, church family. Then he says, and they shall be my people. What makes you his people is the fact that you are dwelling in the holy place. And what makes you his people is that you are taking a resident in the place that he wants to sanctuary in. Then doesn't stop there. He says this. The nations. King James says the heathen. Also will know. The nations also will know. Meaning, not only will the church know, not only will you know the magnitude of his presence in his dwelling place, but the heathen will also know that I have set you apart. The nations are going to know that you're his dwelling place. The nations are going to know that you're his dwelling place. Your workplace is going to know that you're his dwelling place. Your family are going to know that you're his dwelling place. Your children are going to know that you're his dwelling place. South Fort Worth and Crowley is going to know that heritage is his dwelling place. Hallelujah. Forevermore. This is, he goes, I'm going to set my holy place in the midst of them and I'm going to tabernacle with them. And the nations are going to know that I've set them apart. I'm going to sanctify them. Now, when, now guess when my sanctuary is in the midst of them forevermore, meaning the nations are going to know, the nations are going to know something different about the people of God. The nations will know when what, when I've set my people in the holy place. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 48. Last several chapters, right after actually reading that part about the rivers being for the fruit and for the healing and the leaves. And he goes and talks about the divisions of the lands and it talks about the gates of the city. And I'm gonna, I just want to read the very last verse because this is what the name of the city is going to be called. Let's look at verse 35. All the way around. Say all the way around. around. Shall be 18,000 cubits. You don't need to repeat repeat that part. But thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being hooked in with me here. So you want to know how many feet that is? You take 18,000, you times that by 18. Because a cubit is 18 inches. All the way around shall be 18,000 cubits. Now listen. In the name of the city... From that day shall be the Lord is there. What's going to be the name of the city? (laughs) The Lord is there. Hallelujah. The Lord is there. What's the name of your city? The Lord is there. You say, what's the name of your church? The Lord is there. What's the name of my, what's, what's, what is, uh, what's, what is God doing? The Lord is there. He's there. 
which means if he's there, then he's here. If there is here and here is there, wherever that is, that's where he is. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. The sanctuary. He's in the sanctuary. And he wants, in the sanctuary is the holy place. And he wants to tabernacle in the midst of it. Thank you, Father. There's amazing things happen in the sanctuary. You know, in the sanctuary, that was where we received our forgiveness. And the sanctuary is where blood would be poured out for mercy. In the sanctuary. Where God would reveal himself. I'm so glad this what Jesus has done for us. Ephesians 2 says, because of the blood of Jesus, he's caused us to come near. Hebrews tells us that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Where's the throne of grace? It's in the sanctuary of heaven. David longed for the sanctuary. One of, his, one of his psalms, he talks about, oh, how I long for the sanctuary. Another place he said, oh, how I long for the waters of Jerusalem. And he was talking about not just any place in Jerusalem, not just the waters of Jerusalem, but it was the waters that were found in the springs outside of the temple. Oh, how I long for the waters of Jerusalem. He said, oh, in a dry and weary, Psalm 63, if you're taking notes, he goes, oh, in a dry and weary land where no water is. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary and it's in the sanctuary. I see your power and I see your glory. If this is what it was like when David walked the earth under an old covenant, what could it be in my day? If he could see the power and the glory in the sanctuary under an old covenant, what can we see in the sanctuary? (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Mm. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Oh. You know, there's people all around you. And I'm equating both of these things. There's people all around you that are a dry and weary land. Can they look to you? His sanctuary? You? Go, go to Second Corinthians chapter 6, I believe it is. I'm almost done. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yeah, get, to, get to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and then also go to Ephesians chapter 2. Thank you, Father. 
Just worship team, just come on up. Mm. Ephesians 2. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Verse 14 says, For he himself is our peace. What did Ezekiel say? That this prince of David would come and he'd, be a, he'd bring a covenant of peace that would be forever. For he himself is our peace who, who made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Having abolished in the flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Verse 16, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. The enmity, what was standing against, he, he got rid of what was standing in between. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and to those who are near. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the father. Now, therefore, because of that, because we have one spirit access by one spirit to the father. Now, therefore, you are no longer a stranger and a foreigner, but your fellow citizens with the saints and your members of the household of God. You built, built up on a foundation of the apostles and the prophets. What were you reading? Ezekiel was a prophet. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fit together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also being built up together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. We are his habitation and he desires to manifest here. He desires to manifest here and here and here and here and here and here in a corporate setting. He desires to manifest here. Look at go to yeah, second Corinthians. Six. Thank you, Lord. Where at Lord? Second Corinthians six. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 11. Actually, for the sake of time, hold on, wait a minute. Go to, yeah, verse 11. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Now listen, our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us. See, some of our biggest issues of going deeper in God because our hearts aren't open. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, meaning we're not the ones holding you back. I want you to know your pastor isn't holding you back from stepping into more. The government of the United States is not keeping you back from stepping into more. He says, you're not restricted by us. We we haven't put a limitation on you. You're not restricted by us, but you're restricted by your own affections. Whoa. Woo. Mm. Wow. What's holding you back is what has your heart. 
What's, what's, what's keeping him from manifesting there or manifesting here is the restrictions that your affections have established. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children. He says, you also be open. What is he saying? Be open. Be open. Then he says, then, then what does he say? Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? In what communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are, you are the temple of the living God. As God said, and listen, this, I will dwell in them. And what does he say? And walk among them. He wants to walk among us. He wants to be here. He wants to be there. And they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you should be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We worship you tonight. We praise you tonight. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. We worship you. If you feel comfortable doing it, just come to the altar and worship. Come to the altar and worship. Hallelujah. And we're just going to flow with the Holy Spirit and we're just going to worship. We're going to do... We're going to do the Father's desire. And that is to worship in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. He responds to open hearts. He responds to open hearts. Oh, we worship you tonight, Lord. We worship you tonight, Lord. Oh, we worship you tonight. Oh, we worship you. Let him come in. Let him come in. Hallelujah. In sanctuary. In this place. Let him sanctuary in your heart tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.